Hey guys, I'm Caitlin Adams, and welcome to the Kirk Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you'll hear sermons from Josh Lyle, Colin Grant, and other guest speakers. You can look in the show notes for small group questions and talking points. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Now, let's jump in. Well, good morning. Uh, like Aaron said, uh, my name is Josh. I'm the middle school director here. Um, I do love our students. I do love my Bible. I do love my family. I do love the church. And um, today I get to close out uh, our Uniquely United series by talking about truth. Um, and uh, Bonnie read our scripture for us today. Um, and Aaron, thank you. Uh, pastoral staff, thank you for letting me uh, be here. Um, we've been at the Kirk since January of this year, and it has been a year. Um, and uh, We're still navigating things, and we're still finding out things, and we're still figuring out how to do life. Um, But the Word of God does not change. Uh, God has not changed, and so I'm excited to dive in with you. Uh, Some of uh, people at this church have become some of my favorite people that I've ever met. Um, Unlike Aaron, when he first preached, uh, I'm 29, uh, and I was maybe 19 when I was first ever asked to preach ever. Didn't even know what I was supposed to say. The only book of the Bible I knew was Ecclesiastes. So you have me 10 years later, uh, having read the Bible in full seven or eight times and hopefully knowing what it says. One time Aaron listened to a sermon that we did downstairs and he said, I thought you handled the text well. And that still to this day has been the highest compliment I think that I've received. And so I hope to do that today. So we want to talk about truth. um, And uh, culture tells us a lot of things about truth. Um, This is kind of what culture tells me. Uh, A Few Good Men tells us that truth is something we can't handle. The movie, uh, Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Um, How many of you guys have ever seen Couples Retreat? It's another movie. It came out in 2009 or so. One of my favorite movies, they go to Bora Bora and they kind of do this counseling session, this husband and wife, and the wife is telling the story. And obviously, as some of us husbands know, it's not how we remember it. And the husband says, well, I know my truth. And that kind of stops the counseling session. So Couples Retreat tells us that truth is something that's our own. It's mine. It's, it's possessive. I own my truth. Um, and then John Steinbeck, you guys read John Steinbeck. He's my favorite author. Um, he tells us that truth is something that lets the heart soar. Um, things that inhibit truth don't let you feel free. They don't let you, um, they kind of keep you encaged in uh, what you think. And, and that's a horrible place to be. Um, and so John Steinbeck tells us that truth is something that lets the heart soar. This is what Google tells us. This is a screen capture from my computer. Uh, and once you get past all the song lyrics, Google tells us that truth is three things. Truth is beauty, truth is relative, and truth is subjective. This is what our culture, this is what me, this is what our students, this is what our young adults, this is what we're seeing truth is. And we know that only two, uh, two, or only one of the three things is correct. Truth is beautiful, but truth is not subjective. And truth is not relative. Truth is absolute. And this is kind of what truth is and is not. Truth is not my opinion. Truth is not what I think about things. I may see something and that's not how it actually is. And um, then new information is presented to me and then my truth changes. Truth is not my view, it's not my feelings and it's not even mine. Truth is not mine, but truth is objective. Truth is absolute and ultimately truth uh, is his. Now we are uniquely united in that we know truth because we know Jesus. 
The person of Jesus, the the place of Jesus in our lives guides our lives because we know who he is. The truth that we're uniquely united in is this, that we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he'll do what he said he would do. Jesus has been, will be, is your comfort, is my peace, is all of these things. And he is not changing and we are united in this. The church for thousands of years has been united in this. Our lives are guided by this. Now, here's the biggest issue when we get truth wrong. God doesn't bless your truth. He blesses his truth. God has very little care for what you think when he's already ordered and aligned the world the way, it designs, the way he's designed it to be. Our job is to get in line with him. Um, I was praying really hard this morning and someone said, what are you praying for? And I said, I'm really just saying, Lord, help me. Because I don't want to be in line with what I want. That's I, what I see and what I feel. That's not truth. As a matter of fact, here is how we uh, as humans gauge truth. We gauge truth by how we feel. If you live your life on the roller coaster of your emotions, there's two things that I know about you. A, everyone knows it. And B, you are not much fun to be around. What if you've had a bad day? What if your truth is that today is bad and it's not because this is the day that the Lord has made? What if your truth is, well, my family is falling apart? Well, God is always doing a new thing. He is always rebuilding and reforming and reshaping his people. If truth is what you feel, you're not the most fun person to be around. Truth is uh, what we see. So uh, last night as I was taking our kids around uh, for Halloween, uh, you could see the moon coming up um, and, and it, was, it, was, it was really nice. Uh, we were kind of getting, I guess we were coming back from everything at Halloween. You could see the moon in the sky. And now what I know is this, um, if you and I are standing at the same place at the same time and you and I are both looking at the moon, but you have a telescope and I don't, we're seeing the same thing, but we're not going to see it the same way. You're going to see all the intimacies of the moon. You're going to see the craters and the cracks and the movement and all all these different beautiful things. And I'm going to see a very dim white light. But we're seeing the same thing. So what happens when truth isn't what we see? If if we're looking at the same thing, but we're looking at it from different perspectives, well, what is true? What does the moon really look like? Lastly, we uh, gauge truth by what we think we know. Uh, back to the moon, uh, what I know about myself, and this is true, that I'm six foot two and I am 215 pounds um, of solid. Anyway, I'm 215 pounds. And now this is what I know right now. If you measure me and if you weigh me, I'm six foot two, 215 pounds. But if I go to the moon, I will weigh, let me make sure I got this right, 35.55 pounds, which is true. I, I weigh the same. I, I'm the same height. Well, this tells us that the context of truth matters. Biblically, Jesus is our context. Here are some things that I thought were true that actually aren't true. Um, Learned all these for the most part in school, it turns out they're not true. Um, The tallest mountain in the world is not Mount Everest. I found that out last week and it blew my mind. I am 29 years old, I have fathered three children, And I did not know that Everest was not the tallest mountain in the world. As a matter of fact, the tallest mountain in the world is in Hawaii. It's Mauna Kea. And it's almost 2,000 meters taller than Mount Everest. How have we not heard about this? But Everest is the highest peak. Not the tallest mountain, but it is the highest peak. Um, Peanuts are not nuts. 
Did not know this. They're legumes. Legumes. Someone told me, they're beans. That's what they are. Peanuts aren't nuts. That, that's not a true. Um, third one, um, turns out bats aren't blind. Of all uh, 1,100 plus species of bats, none of them are blind. They just have really small eyes. That was kind of disappointing. Uh, here's the last one. Pink Floyd told us that there was a dark side of the moon. It turns out that's not true. The moon spins on an axis just like the earth. There is no permanently dark side of the moon. But I thought that these things were true. This is what culture told me. This is what my textbook told me. This is what maybe my parents told me. This is what pop told me. All these different things. Uh, and, And what we know about truth, though, ultimately, is that truth is often hard. Truth is often humbling. But truth is inviting you and me into real life. Walter Brueggemann says this, new truth violates the old truth to which we are committed. For the old truth assumed and affirmed that the world was sure. The adults know the answers in that old world. Old truth upholds old world. New truth threatens that old world. This is the battle of the church. This is the battle of politics. This is the battle of everything, right? Well, which is true? And if you, what you're saying is actually right, well, you haven't been here long enough to be right or you're so out of touch or whatever. And here's what I know to be true. We need the vision and the passion of the young, but the strength and the commitment of the old. We need these things. Someone asked me just last week what my favorite part of our church was. And I said that we do both contemporary and traditional services because you need both. The church is both. It's not an identity crisis to be both passionate and strong. It's not an identity crisis to be committed and vision-driven. This is what the church is. So I want to break down our text in two ways today. The first five verses uh, and then uh, the last few verses. So uh, we want to talk about what truth brings. Truth brings with it clarity. Truth, cl- clarity is a good thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make things clearer for us. John is going to tell us in these first few verses that truth is producing something good in us. The first verse, uh, 1 John uh, 5.1, is going to tell us that the belief in God invites us into God things, not just good things. There's a difference. There's good things that aren't God things. Kind of being inviting into the faith, invited into all that God has for you and all that God says about you. Our biggest challenge to our students is know what the Bible says about you, not even what I say about you. Not what other people say about you. Know know the truth about you, that belief in God invites you into the things of God. Verse 2 tells us that love and obedience are the fruits of truth. If you love God, if you trust God, you will obey God. I, I trust that the entity of marriage is a good thing, so I have trust in my marriage. I trust that God designed a good thing in my wife, so I trust her. Those are the fruits of truth, love and obedience, commitment. We're committed to each other. Verse three tells us that it's never gonna be a burden for you to walk in love. It's never gonna be a burden for you to share the truth and you're also not gonna be a burden in sharing truth. Um, I I had a conversation with one of our students in our office the other day and she was fired up about something. I can't even remember what it was now. Um, And I just went over to my board. I have a whiteboard and if you ever wanna know what my thoughts are, just go look in the window and you'll see all the things that I write down. Um, And I said, if you, uh, I just wrote down, if you are wrong in the way you're right, you're wrong. If you're wrong in, 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 in the right things that you're saying, you're wrong. It's not a burden for us to be gentle. It's not a burden for us to love well. Verse four tells us that truth, our, our belief, our assurance that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know is our victory. 
It's our faith. It's how we're able to walk in truth. And verse five tells us that knowing and believing in God allows us to walk in his truth, not our truth. It's clarifying things for me. It's helping me see things rightly. It's shaping my vision. Uh, As a matter of fact, I've said several times downstairs, and you can hear it on the podcast if you listen to our sermons, I am most excited about this. When I get to heaven, I'm going to realize all that I was wrong about. I'm going to realize that uh, somebody last week again asked me, uh, do I like contemporary worship or hymns? They're not having that debate in heaven. That's not something they're talking about. They're too busy saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. There's other things to do. All the things that we argue about and disagree about here, I'm excited to realize all that I was wrong about. I'm going to see somebody, I'm like, there's no way you're here. And they're thinking the same about me. This is the truth. That Jesus is refining our perspective, that the word of God being sharper than any two-edged sword is not only reforming, but is also forming you initially into new things, into new thoughts, into new truths, because they're his now. Because we don't have to look through our perspectives or through our lenses. The truth is that those who are for God obey God. If you, uh, we also talked about this in students a lot, you know, show me your five best friends, I'll show you your next five years. Show me your actions and I'll tell you what you believe. Show me your actions and I'll, I'll tell you, what you how you define truth. Again, living on this roller coaster or what I see, I, I just call it as I see it. Well, maybe you're not standing in a good place. Maybe you're not seeing it correctly. Knowing truth lead, leads uh, to the building up of our faith. And as we said earlier, our faith is the victory. And obedience to this faith, obedience to the truth is the mark of whether or not we believe what we say we believe and how seriously we take it. Your obedience to all that God is calling you to do, not just to know him, but to make him known. We can't just sit in the hills forever. Not just to know him, but to make him known. You can't just sit in your study forever. You can't just sit in your house, not just to know him, but to make him known. That shows us and shows the world what we believe. Truth leads to deeper understanding, pushing us deeper into faith, which means we are leaning more on Jesus. We're not leaning on what we see. We're not leaning on what other people say. We're not leaning on what we hear or what we feel. If that has not been the sin of my generation, I don't know what has, that we are guided by our emotions. We are led by our emotions. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love her. You are 14. Calm down. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, and, and, and we need you. They need you. They need you to, this is the truth that Jesus is enough, especially right now. (laughs) That he he will guide you, that he will tell you what you need to know and that he will lead you in the life that he has for you. Now, here's also what I know, and this is truth. If, If truth, if the truth of God is producing in you a harsher, more proud version of yourself, then I would question if you actually know God's truth. If me knowing what I know makes me better, than you. That's not truth. If me knowing what I know allows me to not serve you, then it's not truth. If me knowing the truth of God gives me pride in the fact that I know the truth of God, then it's probably not the truth of God. It's my truth of what I know about God. It's my truth of what I know about how to be in the church and how to be in relationships. And God refines that. 
Now, uh, this is actually one of my favorite things that I, that I wrote down. We cannot separate God's character from God's commandments because the truth of God is designed, is designed to bring us closer to God. Now, a lot of us in truth, we want to divide truth. And we're going to learn in the next section that truth isn't divided amongst itself. We want to separate God's character from his commandments. Well, Jesus is all love. Well, what do we do about this where he says that you will not do the right? Well, character and commandment, God is the same. Love is sometimes correcting. Love is very often soft. Love is often passionately aware. Love is not uh, permissive on all these different things. Love is passionate about these things. You cannot separate the, the Jesus of the Old Testament and the Jesus of the New Testament. We, we, we set up these challenges for our students every, uh, every time they open the Bible to find Jesus in wherever they're reading, because he's there, I promise you. He's there in every book. And, and kind of what Jesus is leading them into when they find him, when they, when they see him in these different spaces, like when he meets Joshua on the mountain. All, all these different places where the glory of God comes down and meets his people, um, those are not only, that's not only his character, that's also his commandments. Meet with me and I'll meet with you. Pray and I'll listen. I, I was reading through Malachi this week and, and, he, and Malachi is, is giving this message from the Lord and he's telling the people of Israel all that, that these earthly things that God designed like marriage and family are meant to produce. And he says they're meant to produce godly children. What God is saying is this is the truth of your marriage in me. It produces generations of more marriages in me. And now we can look back and see that someone three generations before us in our family started our faith. Or maybe you're that person and you're praying for the generations to come because we, say, we cannot separate God's character and God's commandments. He's lasted much longer than we have. Here's our second uh, portion. What truth produces? Truth um, brings with it a promise, and the promise is of a right perspective. I don't want to see things my way because there's always a taller person. There's always someone who's going to see further than me. There's always someone who's going to see more than me. There's always going to see someone, or they're always going to be able to see better than me. You guys don't know this, but I can't see very well, but I refuse to pay for glasses. I refuse. I do the best I can with what I have. <laughs> this, is, this is true, and my wife is upset at me. Also, I can't see colors very well, um, so if I tell you something's blue, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. Someone's told me. Um, however, there's always someone who can see better than me. There's always, something who is way, there's always someone who is way more in tune with their feelings than I am. They're going to feel better than me. They're going to feel more in line with the current culture than I am. I can't trust this. It's going to bring with it a promise of a right perspective. Verse 6 says this, uh, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is truth. Now, we've heard this before. John has mentioned this before. There's a woman at the well in John 4. And he says, well, if you knew what water, we know the story, right? If you knew the water, you would ask me for a drink. And she's like, we don't have anything to give me a drink with. And he's like, oh, sweetheart, no, let me lead you to this everlasting water. And then after he tells her everything about her life and everything about her current situation and everything about how she feels and what he is seeing, which is that right? Because it's his perspective, it's right. She says, I perceive that you are a prophet. Are you better then the one who's done all, all these, all these, she's giving him a history lesson. And he says, well, here's the difference between you and me. Uh, we worship what we know. You worship what you don't know. We worship in spirit and in truth. God will not be divided. Character, commandments, spirit and truth. 
all working uniquely, uniting in this to bring us truth. Verse 7 says, for there are three that testify. In verse 8, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. Truth is, agrees with truth. It's not divided amongst itself. True, uh, my dad once told me uh, that a partial truth is a full lie. And I was convicted. Because <laughs> I was probably telling a partial truth about something. And I just can't remember what it was. But he knew how to catch me. He said, well, son, if you tell a partial truth, that's a full lie. And I wish it worked the other way. Like, what if I told a partial lie and it was a full truth? It doesn't work that way because truth stays in step with truth all the time, every day, even when I don't want it to. Verse 9 tells us, um, it kind of asks us, which is the greater truth? If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning our son, um, I'm sorry, whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him, or that God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. You have the truth of man and the truth of, of God. People say things all the time. People have different views. People preach. Uh, someone can preach this same text, similar area, similar whatever, and preach a totally different message. We, we know this. How many times have we preached Psalm 23 in the church as a whole and it's been about 14 different things? But God's truth is the truth. And we know this by testing it with the scriptures. Uh, verse 10 tells us that truth and lies cannot exist. Verse, verse, verse 11 tells us that truth is leading you into life. Truth is inviting us in because you don't know what you don't know and that's okay. You don't know what you don't know, but now those who do know don't have an excuse. You're inviting into real life. And then verse 12, which is probably the most convicting verse for me. Whoever has the son uh, has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. That's pretty black and white. And here's what John is trying to tell you. Uh, either you have truth or you don't. Either you believe or you don't. And truth, you knowing the truth, the truth being uh, in you and for you and through you is producing this faith assurance. And so you know if you don't know which is weird. It's weird to, to know that I'm not really quite sure where I stand and I probably need to figure out how to get there. But he makes it very, very clear. Either you know the truth or you don't. And truth is not an idea. Truth is not an ideal. Truth is not a certain path. Truth is a person. Truth is someone who looks at you and looks at me and says, this is who you are because this is who I am. This is where you're going because this is where I am taking you. It's both and this is our last note. God's truth accomplishes God's will to expand the kingdom for his glory and for our good. I love that we do communion. Communion is my favorite sacrament, if I had to pick of all the sacraments, because communion says this, we are an adopting people. You're welcome at my table. The truth is that you are welcomed here. The truth is that Jesus loves you enough to not let you leave the same way as when you walked in because there's yet more truth about him to be revealed. The truth of the church is that we are here for you, yes, but also for those who are not here yet. We are not just here for the students that are already downstairs or for the kids who are already upstairs. We are here for those who have yet to come because Jesus is here for those who have yet to come. 
If you have ideas or ideals or kind of passions or pursuits or anything like that that are outside of God's lane and good design for your life, we are praying and pleading with you that you would just ask him, Lord, help me. Help me. Truth is humbling because you don't know what you don't know until you know. I want to um, pray for us, and I think we have another song, right? Do we have another song? Um, so I, I want to pray for us, and then we'll sing, and then I'll come up and give, give the benediction. But I want to pray um, that, that the Lord would soften us to his truth. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's good. We thank you that you are good to your people. God, we thank you that, that, that we know truth because we know you. And I pray that if there is anyone in this service that does not know who you are, that they would see you in a very real and relevant way. And all God's people said, amen.